This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm your other host, Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? I feel better than last week. Yeah, you were pretty sick last week. Right. What did you have, like gonorrhea, gout? Something like that. Diphtheria. It was in my head, in the brain. Consumption. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was foul, dude. I was worried that I was going to get like the AIDS virus or something. <laughs> so, dude, you should be wishing me a happy Hanukkah, you know? Dude, I was about to. You don't, you don't let anybody talk except for Dude, you haven't said one thing about Hanukkah. <laughs> I was just about to say, you know, how's the menorah going? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe after the show we can play the dreidel game. Dude, yeah, last time I played the dreidel game with you, it was not a good experience. <laughs> you know what, dude? To be honest, fuck Hanukkah. I really do. I really could not care less about this holiday. And Dude, it's the Festival of Lights. It is the Festival of Lights, but to be honest, the only reason Hanukkah is celebrated is so that Jews can receive cre- presents alongside the Christians because of Christmas. Because Christians have been receiving Chris- you know, Christmas gifts for so many years— Jews were jealous, so they're like, we need an excuse. We need a holiday. Because Hanukkah was always a lesser-known holiday. It's not near as important as, like, But what the... about the fucking lamp that burned for fucking eight days in a cave or something like that? Exactly. Dude, they embellished the story to make it, you know, oh, you know, it's the Festival of Lights. It's a magical time for Jews. All of my Christian friends when I was growing up would get showered with gifts. I mean, they would get, like, you know, DVDs, uh, box sets... You know, full game systems. Yeah. And meanwhile, what am I getting? Like a bag of chocolate coins and a pair of socks. It, it always used to piss me off. <laughs> That's He'd be like, well, you get you. eight gifts. It's like, yeah, I get eight shitty gifts, okay? Sensible gifts. Yeah, sensible che- gifts. Cheap gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Very cheap gifts. My parents would usually give me like one Nintendo game. So not to go too Bay City on you, but like your mom would just go down to Mill End and go through the bargain boxes. <laughs> yeah, and give me like a flannel shirt and a pair of socks. Maybe a bag of stuff. Actually, I think it was my dad that did most of that shopping. Yeah. Because my mom would be the one that would get me the Nintendo game, but my dad would be like, no, no, you don't want to spoil the child. Give him a dreidel. Here, play with this, boy. <laughs> Same dreidel from last year. Yeah. To share with your brother and sister. <laughs> we all played with our own dreidels. Oh, you had your own dreidels. Yeah, we had our own dreidels, <laughs> You were <dude>. fancy Jews. <laughs> but no, but, but in reality, Hanukkah sucks. And I know there's some Jews out there like, oh, we get eight gifts. It's like, yeah, you get eight shitty gifts. I know how it works. I notice you don't have a menorah in your apartment. No, I don't. I I really, I mean, atheists don't really celebrate Hanukkah. Isn't Moses going to come down and smite you or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about it. Uh, but if my dad comes, I do have my emergency menorah that I pull out. Because if the rabbi saw it, dude, God, he'd pull it. He'd take his belt off, give me a real whooping, <laughs> whip out his yarmulke, just start smacking me over the head. He'd take his belt off, wrap it around his left arm, and then one around his forehead, and yeah, dude, <laughs> start yeah. headbutting you. <laughs> There'd be like those curly locks flying everywhere, you know, around the ear. Yeah, your dad doesn't look like he'd that, circumcise dude. me again. Right. So yeah, I pull out the menorah when he's around, but uh, when he's not, fuck it, dude. I'm atheist and I'm tough. All right. But that's all I'm going to say about Hanukkah. But, you know, people out there, happy Hanukkah if you're celebrating it this week. And, uh, yeah, fuck off. Enjoy your chocolate coins. And other Jewish uh, news. Yeah, sorry. I was going to go into that. And other (laughs) Jewish news. I'm a dinner jacket. I'm a dinner jacket. The president of Iran. He gave the Jews a little present. Held a Holocaust denier conference. Yeah, just just in time. (laughs) You know, I'm surprised I'm a dinner jacket didn't save 
you know, the date for next week or, you know, or this week to do, a, you know, do it on the first night of Hanukkah if you really wanted to piss the Jews off. Yeah. Now, instead, he's like, no, I'm going to do it the week before. But, yeah, so uh, I'm sure everyone knows this, but Iran ho- hosted a Holocaust denial conference, which I think was the first of its kind. Is it? Oh, I'm sure there's other Holocaust deniers. I mean, there's a lot of Holocaust deniers. You think they yeah, get together they have, once? Do, do yeah. they have mass gatherings well, where they dispute history? Haven't you ever heard of the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> but the do Aryan the, Nation? Yeah. Do, do the Ku Klux Klan... entire groups based on having those gatherings. Yeah, but I don't think the Ku Klux Klan deny the Holocaust per se. I think they're giving high fives, being like, yeah, now that's how it's done. You know, I don't think they were like, nah, dude, that didn't happen. I, I, I doubt it. I think it. they do, actually. <laughs> you, don't, you think they completely discount that? I think they admire Hitler and really think that he was doing a good thing, but I think they deny that that many Jews died. They, they say, you know, oh, it was only a couple thousand. Well, that's the purpose, supposedly, of this uh, conference that just uh, happened this past Monday uh, in Iran. Apparently, uh, Ahmadinejad... The uh, president, we call him. I'm a dinner jacket. I'm a dinner so jacket. Much easier it's easier to, to say. Um, he mentioned that Israel will one day be wiped out as the Soviet Union was, drawing applause from conference participants. He appeared to revel in meeting delegates from across the world, actually, at the uh, Holocaust conference in Tehran, shaking hands with American participants such as David Duke and Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking about that. You know, Mel wanted to go to the conference. His publicist wouldn't let him. She was just like, no, you can't do this, Mel. I know you want to go, but you have a movie out right now. Come on. <laughs> He's like, come on, please. But yeah, so he I'll was... wear a burqa. <laughs> Nobody will know it's me. <laughs> he goes in disguise. <laughs> so I'm a dinner jacket with shaking hands with, yeah, like David Duke, who was the former head of the Ku Klux Klan. Also tried to run for the president of the United States one time. When was that? Like in eight, it was 88 against, or uh, something? Yeah, it was in 88 against yeah. uh, the uh, father Bush. But yeah, David Duke, so they flew out David Duke from the U.S. to speak at this conference in Iran. Yeah. It's amazing to me that, first of all, I was surprised that he would even go and do that. Yeah. But I guess he was doing it under the veil of free speech. But Plus, um, he hates the Jews. <laughs> he really does hate the Jews. So uh, I'm a dinner jacket was shaking hands with David Duke. And uh, sitting near six anti-Israel Jewish participants. I don't know if you heard about this. There were actual Jews there, Orthodox Jews. Yeah, I did hear about this that. Conference. What's up with them? So I, I know. I mean, I, I can't I was... imagine they get invited to many Hanukkah dinners. <laughs> I was pretty much perplexed. Like, what do they get? Like, uh, are they banned from Israel now? But I, think uh, so. I, I guess these Jews. It's a handful of uh, Orthodox Jews attended this conference. They belong to Naturi Karta, which means the Guardians of the City. It's a Hasidic sect of a few thousand people which view Zionism, the movement to establish a Jewish national home or state in what was Palestine, as a poisoning threat as a poison threatening true Jews. And they claim Where that do they the, live? I I guess they live in Austria. And they claim that Jews belong in Europe and the Holocaust spurred the creation of Israel, which they're against. They feel that the Messiah will come and then the state of Israel will be formed. So until then, we shouldn't have a homeland. So do they also deny the Holocaust? I don't really understand that. No, they don't deny what happened with the Holocaust. What they're against is the fact that the Holocaust is being used to form as an excuse to form Israel. <laughs> so they basically were at this conference saying, 
uh, well, we don't agree with you about the Holocaust not existing, but we understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they disagreed with that, but it's like, but you know, and they're Austrians, so they must have had ancestors who perished in the Holocaust. I mean, it's undeniable. They had From to the have. pictures, they're pretty old. I'm surprised they don't have little serial numbers tattooed on their arms themselves. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm a. They're the house Jews. <laughs> They're just there for photo opportunities. Right. Ahmed Dinnerjack had announced the conference would set up a quote-unquote fact-finding commission to determine whether the Holocaust really happened. I wonder if he hired the same people that OJ hired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find who really murdered my wife one of these days. They're going to use the Wookiee defense. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Didn't he die, that lawyer? The black guy? What Cochran. Was that guy's Johnny name? Cochran. Cochran. Didn't What's... he die? I think he might have just died. Yeah, I, I wonder if Cochran was a Holocaust denier. He probably could convince you that guy was a hell of a you know, he was a hell of a you know an orator. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm a dinner jacket was trying to set up a fact-finding commission to determine whether the Holocaust really happened and help end a 6-year-old dispute. Dispute amongst whom? I understand that there's some revisionists who claim to, you know, that the Holocaust didn't happen and they're trying to dispute actual historical facts and redefine history. But who are they disputing against? I mean, Dude, how many really of those nutballs are there? Not very many, I don't think, but enough to have a conference. <laughs> but he's just trying to get a rise out of the Jews. I mean, I'm a dinner jacket, obviously hates Jews. Well, no, but the funny thing is most Holocaust deniers, well, maybe it's not funny, but the thing is. <laughs> so hilarious. Most, most Holocaust deniers say the Holocaust didn't happen or it wasn't as bad as they, as the Jews say it was. And the Jews are just learning, using it to gain sympathy for their other causes. And we need to just forget about that whole Holocaust thing. Cause it didn't happen. But I'm a dinner jacket's kind of like the Holocaust didn't happen, but wait till you see what I'm going to do. <laughs> You're complaining about the Holocaust. Wait till you see what Iran is going to pull on your asses. Check you out round number two. Once we get nuclear bombs. Yeah. Well, no, his point is, it's going to be really around number one, and you guys won't have anything to fucking say about it ever again because you'll be gone. Because Israel will be wiped off the map. But no, he's saying that the Holocaust is being used as an instrument by the West to dominate the Middle East. And yeah. so because, of the, because there's a Holocaust, that's why Israel's formed. Israel obviously is a thorn in the Arab scrotum. Right. Yeah. But nevertheless, he still wants to wipe out all the Israelites and destroy the entire country. And destroy the nation Which he doesn't even believe Israel. is a country. Probably. No, they don't even recognize it. But what I don't understand and what baffles me about this, how can you dispute the Holocaust? There are death camps still in existence. There are eyewitnesses who were there with tattoos on their arms. There are like meticulous records kept by the Nazis. The Nuremberg trials. There's Hitler on film saying we must exterminate you know, the vermin that are Jews. How, no, how can you say, nah, that didn't happen? You know how Jews just whine about every little thing and make a big deal out of stuff? What about the American soldiers who went in there and liberated the camps? Well, I guess we'll have to wait for the results of the fact-finding mission to, uh, <laughs> to find out. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who they're going to use for that, the fact-finding commission. Well, they're just going to wait till all those people died, and then the fact-finding will be a lot easier more difficult to find any facts so as you can well imagine the white house condemned iran for convening a meeting it called an affront to the entire civilized world what i don't understand about i'm a dinner jacket is he's trying to gain legitimacy for iran like they have nuclear ambitions they want to be recognized as a formidable world power 
And then he goes and has a Holocaust denier conference. Like, so all of a sudden he's like thrust into the Kim Jong-il camp. I mean, <laughs> seriously, the dude's a nutball. Yeah, but his followers in Iran love this shit. But he invited David Duke out. I mean, <laughs> Maybe they like David like, Duke. But, you know, it's like he's sitting here saying, well, we're allowed to do whatever we want. You know, we're we're you know, we're in the Middle East, but we also have freedom of speech here. And it's like, OK, yeah, you know, dude, we allow the Ku Klux Klan to have rallies, too. We don't care. You know, we, we, I mean, I guess people some people do get agitated about it, but it's like, yeah, go go have your little rally. But we're not like sitting here having a, a meeting saying this slavery happened. I mean, do we ever say that? No, I don't think anybody says that. I mean, do the Ku Klux Klan even say that? No. No, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think they discount that. But yeah, I don't understand. I, I would love to hear the uh, speech that David Duke gave. <laughs> well, back to the thing. I mean, did slavery happen? And you'd have to be kind of uh, you'd have to come back with, well, where did all these black people come from? <laughs> but I mean, I don't understand. It's kind it's of irrefutable. Like, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, so was the Holocaust. That's what I'm saying. But how can this guy be taken seriously if he's going to have a conference that denies the Holocaust? That That's that's my whole point. I guess you have to think about it from the Arab perspective. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's the world that he... I mean, he has to, like, you know, appeal to Europe. He has to appeal to, you know, all the other nations. George Bush doesn't. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess George Bush... <laughs> You know, I'm 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 surprised George Bush hasn't didn't attend. But <laughs> now know, that he now that he's done this, I mean, you brought this up before the show. Now that he's denied the Holocaust, what is he going to deny next? Yeah, I I don't know. Like uh, what? Yeah, remember that guy? Remember that guy, uh, Chemical Ali or whatever, during the uh, Iraq War, where he just kept saying he'd go on the news and he'd be like, "The Americans are not winning this war. <laughs> we are driving them back at the borders." Like, meanwhile, there'd be a tank like in the back of the shot, an American tank, you know, just crushing. Was that the first Iraq buildings. War or the second one? No, the second one. Oh, that was uh, this time around. Yeah, don't you remember that? It was great. Maybe I'll have that guy come over and just deny all types of funny stuff, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Iranian people do not smell like camel's balls. I mean, well, <laughs> we deny this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That, but that's why we were talking about this before. Is George Bush like having a conference, or is like Tony Blair having a conference that says like Iranians smell like camel's balls? You don't know. <laughs> the, the pro camel's balls. Yeah, uh, it's like we don't care. This is a conference. meeting of hatred. Yeah. And that's why you. I mean, you have to watch this guy. I think he's an upball. He's in the Kim Jong Il camp. I don't know. I mean, I personally. Kim Jong Il has crazier hair. You have to give him that. Yeah, but I'm and those big glasses, and he's like really into Elvis. I think Kim Jong Il has a uh, is a couple uh, lengths ahead of uh, I'm, I'm a, a dinner, dinner jacket, jacket as far as having like crazy street cred. Yeah, but eventually, I think I'm a dinner jacket is going to get to that level. Hopefully, and, no, same with me. I mean, that's that's why. Like personally, I actually wouldn't mind if Iran got the nuclear bomb because something would happen. You know, there's going to be a war. Something's going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that's me personally. But I just don't think the world is going to give this guy, you know, nuclear energy, you know, when he's like having a Holocaust denier conference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it might be me. Not if the Jews have anything to do about it. That's for no. sure. No. But I guess the, uh, I'm going to wrap this up here, but I guess I read something that the Danish People's Party, you remember, I think it was, was it last year or earlier this, this year? Right, the uh, cartoons. The, yeah, the Danes published those cartoons that the Muslims freaked out about. 
And um, which I guess like the Muslims have been using, like uh, Ahmadinejad was using that example as an excuse to have a conference. Like, right. like, well, you're allowed to make fun, you know poke fun at Muhammad. Well, we're allowed to ridicule the Holocaust. Well, but the thing is, newspapers in Iran run comics, you know, political cartoons every day that deny the Holocaust. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's not like in Denmark or wherever the fuck that was. They had a conference about why you know. Muslims uh, tend to blow shit up everywhere. Or smell like camels. Not, not that that wouldn't be a good, ver- verifiable conference to have. But uh. well, so um, Soren Esperson of the Danish People's Party staunchly defended the publication earlier this year of the cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, and again he said that people should have the right to speak their minds, even at a hideous conference like this one. We believe in the freedom of speech, also for the nutcases, and I kind of take that approach seriously. That nutballs are allowed to speak their mind, even though I completely disagree with uh, trying to revise history. If if that's if if you're so deluded, you think the Holocaust didn't happen, go right ahead, speak right. your mind, but rant there, in the street. But there's something to be said for spewing uh, hatred. Well, freedom of speech amongst journalists and cartoonists and whatnot, and a state-sponsored event. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess th- this is a state-sponsored did, did, did event Denmark, of hatred. Did Denmark have a state-sponsored event saying, you know, we are sick of Muslims blowing the shit out of everything, and uh, we think there's a problem with the Muslim religion? No. No. I don't, so, no I, I'm I, a I dinner jacket. Has a hard, he's, had, he's a hard time drawing parallels between things. He's kind of a, a nutball, as we've already established. established. We definitely have. Well, that's about all I have to say about that, but um, yeah. Um, there's some great follow-up articles out there, especially on Slate.com, so I advise you to read them. It's hilarious. And it kind of makes me wonder, what's he going to do next? You know, what's going to be denied next? Something. We'll Something find good. Out. We'll find out. We have a lot to get to. This is Podcast 49. We're one podcast away, Wackerly, from the, you know, vaunted Podcast 50, which we've been talking about. It's like all, it's our year anniversary, practically. So. That's right. Um, yeah, we're going to have something special in the works for that. It's going to be our Merry Christmas podcast here on uh, Sick and Wrong. Actually, I think we'll probably de- call it the Fuck Christmas podcast. But, hey, we should almost do it on Christmas. Maybe. I deny that Christmas happens. <laughs> <laughs> I denied it, dude. There is no Christ. No, but I do deny Christmas. Every year I just like to get drunk. I don't have a tree. Just get drunk all day. You know, I don't spend it with my family. Fucking pour eggnog like on your genitals. Yeah, just it's an all Christmas Day is an all day drinking binge. Yeah, dude. It's a tradition. I, I deny Christmas is even even goes on. But then again, I don't leave my room. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it's podcast forty nine this time, and we have a lot to get through today. We've been getting a lot of listener email. It's a lot of good stories floating on and on and around. Quick uh, summation here of the last podcast, dude. I want a landslide from uh, Podcast 48 there. I did that that long-winded article about the guy who committed the hit and run and like, right. carjacked a vehicle. It was like a Grand Theft Auto, but in real life. Yeah. I think a listener even said that. And then a listener sent in an article about a, a woman who murdered her husband with scotch tape and like scotch tape his dick up and uses a dildo. And you did that article about the guy that uh, killed like 23 homeless people. Right. Yeah, I came in with like 86 votes. I think you ended up having like 52 and the listener had si- bullshit. had 64. So yeah, I won in a landslide on that one. Um, a couple of uh, remarks that some people said. Yeah, so one guy mentioned, he was laughing about it. He said, it sounded, my story sounded like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and another guy... Joe Blow here, which I think might be a pseudonym, 
said that uh, I think your story was pretty sick and wrong. Yes, it was long, but you'd have to be pretty fucking stoned not to be able to follow the scenario. All right. And uh, I that- have to take issue with this. Do not say anything. First of all, I mentioned that I had a problem following your story. First of all, I was I sick. I thought it was because you were sick. Well, second of all, the listeners don't realize that you edited out from the podcast about 10 minutes of that goddamn story. So the listeners of the podcast just think, oh, it's, it sort of flows well. It's because you edited out 10 minutes of, and then this happened, and then this happened, then blah, blah, blah. Then he went back over here, then he did this, and then he, you know, flipped the car over 12 times, and then he went back, and it was like there was time shifting involved. And I just think that... The listeners need to know that you took some liberties with your podcast editing uh, responsibilities, and I ended up looking a little bit stupid. Oh, the face of sour grapes. (laughs) Wackerly, wackerly. Must you reveal the magic of podcasting? Do do you go to magic shows? Do you go see Penn and Teller and sit there and debunk every trick? I wish I did. (laughs) I mean, do you sit there and say, oh, I saw that bird get crushed and that other bird come around? Ruining the magic trick for all the you know the uh, the people in the audience. Yes, that's one of my pastimes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do edit. I edit. I didn't edit liberally though. In this case, in this case, it was a little long. The podcast went on a little long, so I shaved off a few minutes. Right, but yet you didn't shave off me saying, "Wow, that was really long and hard to follow." So people just think I'm I have an IQ of about sixty. I think it was all the painkillers that you were on. Yeah, maybe that had part. To it do kind, with kind of. But anyways, this guy said uh, you'd have to be pretty fucking stoned not to be able to follow the scenario. All in one story: strangling baby, almost running down a good Samaritan, and the uh, successful traffic-related suicide. Successfully trumped all the other stories. And to be honest, I completely agree wholeheartedly with uh, right. Joe Blow here. Right. Thanks, yeah. Joe. Why don't you gloat about for, uh, it a little more? <laughs> for sending it. And I'm enjoying my MGD. Oh, so good. thank you, everyone, for voting at uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, for Podcast 49, since I started last week, I think you're kicking off the show here. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Fresno, California. You ever been to Fresno? Actually, I have some friends from Fresno. It's like halfway between L.A. and San Francisco. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, like off of Highway 5, isn't it? Yeah, it's near uh, Yosemite, if you've ever gone to Yosemite. But if, Great if you national treasure, na- na- national wildlife park sort but of But if thing. you're driving down to L.A. on Highway 5, it's like there's this vast area of just nothing except for speed freaks. Right. And Mexicans. Well, actually, if you're on 5, you don't even hit it. 5 just bypasses it. Bypasses there's, Fresno? There's an old highway between L.A. and San Francisco that used to go through Fresno, but when they put the new highway in, just to show this is what how Fresno is respected, they just completely bypassed it. But it's that like area of California where they're like, no bands go there other than like Great White. And it's other, the Central you know, Valley. Yeah, it's the Central Valley of California, which is like a totally different world than L.A. and San Francisco. Right. But uh, anyways, there is some sick and wrong shit that goes down there, apparently. I can imagine. Uh, a jury on Tuesday in Fresno convicted a former chemistry lab assistant of murdering his former boss's husband and stuffing his body into a barrel of acid. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. James Fag- Barrel of acid. James Fagone. <laughs> Age 24, was found guilty of murder after Fresno County Superior Court jurors deliberated for more than five hours over two days. Not very long, actually, for a murder trial. 
Um, Fagon now pl- faces a possible sentence of life without the possibility of parole. They haven't sentenced him yet. Um, but he will be sentenced on January 11th. <clears throat> Fagon and his former boss, biochemist Larissa Schuster, age 46. He's 24. She's He's 46. Cougar. Cougar. She's definitely a cougar. One of those Do people hot know what older... cougar means if we discuss cougar yet? A hot older chick that chases young dudes. For the sole purpose of ass. No, yeah. no. She's uh, just long-term. after sex. Yeah. 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 She wants a young guy who can just slam but her all the time. In this night case, long. she seems to have had an ulterior motive. Well, you know, maybe this was a side benefit. Yeah. Um, well, they were bo- both of these guys, uh, James Fagone and Larissa Schuster, Shuster, were arrested after authorities found the decomposed body of Timothy Shuster, which was Larissa's husband, in a storage unit rented by his estranged wife. The body was stuffed into a 55-gallon container. Which vat is like, of acid. I wouldn't call it a vat. It's like a barrel. But, you know, this has to be a first for sick and wrong. Have we actually done a story where someone was, like, murdered by being stuffed in a barrel full of acid? No, I kind of feel like maybe we've done stories where people threw acid on each other. But at this point, I cannot remember all 50 podcasts. I can't no. even remember last week's podcast. So, so one thing you didn't – I, 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 maybe I missed this point. So was the guy murdered before he was put in the acid or was he like throwing it stuffed into the acid? No, this is the funny thing. They actually didn't – It doesn't. they didn't murder him then throw him in the acid. They uh, knocked him out with chloroform, then hit him with a stun gun, and then just put him in the barrel. So he just, was living. When yeah, he was put then, in the barrel. He might have been unconscious, but then they just poured in gallons and, well, 55 gallons of acid, minus the volume of his body that would have displaced so, that 55 so gallons. So what does hydrochloric acid do to the human body? Well, this is a funny thing, because you know how last week or two weeks ago somebody asked me what I did, and I was like, I sit in front of a computer all day and I'm a spreadsheet uh, monkey? Yeah. Well, before I had this job, I actually used to work at a, or in and around a industrial, uh, waste treatment facility and we had lots of where was this down in san jose oh in san jose yeah so it was pretty great and we actually had lots of hydrochloric acid around and we had lots of training about what would happen to you if you you know jammed your hand into a bunch of hydrochloric acid so what happens that type of shit happens more often than you know someone would just accidentally (laughs) like slip into the vat of acid you're standing near a barrel, and uh, you know some guy was eating a banana before and left the peel on the ground, and you you're just slip. walking, and you slip, and your arm goes in it. Shit like that. You know? Happens all the time. And you know what else is Honest funny? mistake. You know what else is funny about that kind of shit? You know what they do when something like that happens? And say, God, that guy, that motherfucker's dying right now. Run no, away. No. They... It can be the fucking middle of the day, and all this shit is outside, and, you know, there's big parking lots, and there's a big busy street that goes by, and there are hazmat responders who, once they found out that that happened to you, they come up, fucking grab you, slice all your clothes off <laughs> in the middle, in front of fucking have everybody. Have you seen this before? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> and uh, chick. And then they bring up this, like, portable shower thing and just start spraying you off. So not only are you like, oh, my God, my fucking arm just got covered with acid. <laughs> now you're buck-ass naked, naked <laughs> in front of, like, tons of people driving by, all your coworkers, and they're just, like, spraying you down. But, I mean, how fast does it work? Does it, like, just immediately, you know, just deteriorate, burn your skin off, and you just have, like, a... You know, a skeleton hand moving around? Well, it depends on the concentration. 
Um, so I, I printed out this, uh, it's what's called a common roots, roots of hydrochloric acid exposure. Um, the most common is inhalation actually, cause the vapors are really bad too, if it's concentrated, but, uh, you know, this would be more in line with contact with the skin. Hydrochloric acid can irritate the skin and cause chemical burns range, ranging from mild to severe, depending on the concentration of the uh, solution. So 55 Sci- gallons in a barrel is pretty highly well, I'm concentrated. I'm sure they were using very concentrated stuff. So signs deploy- displayed with uh, skin exposed to liquefied hydrochloric acid can include, this is concentrated, can include frostbite, tissue death, and severe burns with deep ulcerations. Basically, yeah, it just eats away your flesh. Just completely eats away your flesh. But we actually used to have something that was even nastier called hydrofluoric acid, or HF. And what's the difference? HF uh, readily penetrates human skin, allowing it to destroy soft tissues. And this is the thing. It's the fluoride, not the H. The H is the acid part, you know, the hydro. Um, but the fluoride in HF will decalcify your bones, basically. It takes the calcium in your bones. So it's just nothing but a stump just dripping? No, it turns into it turns your bones into salt. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the scary part. If it's concentrated, it's like, yeah, you get on your arm, the dudes come out, they fucking spray you down. Spray you down, you down and, and then it's, it goes away. But this is the thing that always freaked me out about uh, hydrofluoric acid. Uh, one of HF's most insidious properties, this is from another, you know, little guide to not getting fucking burnt by acid, is that skin contract contact at lower concentrations may not produce pain or burning sensations until hours after the exposure. And it's clear. So it just looks like water. You just like something splashes on you. You think it's water. You wipe it off. You're like, whatever. But hours later... Um, because of the ability of HF to produce severe delayed tissue damage without necessarily producing pain, hours later, after you just wiped You'll it off... you have a hole in your arm? Yeah, like tomorrow, you know, your bone, your entire arm is just floppy because your entire bone is just salt, saltified now. Dude, what a great prank. I yeah. imagine there must have been some great work pranks there. Like, oh, let's put a little hydrochloric acid on his tuna sandwich. It just basically... I mean, did that ever happen? It just basically makes you massively paranoid every day about any type of fluid anywhere yeah dude did you have to wear like one of those yellow you know et suits once in a while yeah god i would have done that yeah i mean that place was i had this like there was this alarm system and just every fucking 15 minutes there were like an alarm going off of like chemical leak vapor gas detected over here another chemical spill over here so did you ever grow like a third ball or something or like a vagina Oh, wait, would you, you like to one. know? <laughs> no, but I mean, were there people that like were actually, you know, permanently affected by these vapors at your work that could sue for workman's comp? I think they were kind of swept under the rug. <laughs> people would just be gone. <laughs> oh, that guy quit. The, oh, the, really? the guys that that work in the basement now. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened in this article? They, they did they ever say why they killed the husband? Well, the, was it uh, a life insurance thing? Uh, James Fagone's uh, defense. And this is this is completely bullshit defense speak. Said that he quit after Larissa Schuster became controlling and manipulative, but later after he quit, he was intimidated by her into kidnapping and burglarizing and murdering her husband. That's such that's such bullshit. You quit and your boss calls you and asks you to do anything and you just be like fuck you you know <laughs> but he's like oh you know she intimidated me into murdering her husband that's bullshit he was he was getting some of that but he she was... must she must have been a fearsome woman though seriously this is cruella de vil here i mean this yeah. is a ruthless woman but i maintain a that, harpy i maintain that he was fucking her 
Oh, he had to have been having sex with her. Right, but that's not what his defense says. She was a cougar, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's not what his defense says, but the jury obviously saw through that ruse, and and they think that, yeah, you know, prosecutors painted him as a motivated, eager participant who accepted $2,000 in exchange (laughs) for help with the slang. Yeah. What a dumbass. <laughs> Two grand. Two thousand dollars. Two grand and, and some, some old crusty vagina. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't. I don't see the. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see the benefit here. So I wonder if um, d- did she take part in the murder? Like, what is she being tried for? <clears throat> she hasn't gone on trial. She'll go on trial next year uh, for the same charges of murder, kidnapping, and burglary. I, I love the stun gun usage, though. Yeah. I love the burglary charge. You know, you you kidnapping, I could see that charge, and, and you'd murder the guy, and you stuffed him in a barrel. I don't know if you've ever seen a 55-gallon barrel, but you don't just, like, really fit in there. I mean, they probably had to shove the they guy in They had to shove him there. in and bend him in at a weird angle and then pour acid all over his face. But then just to add burglary on that, like, what did they take, his wallet? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Insult to injury. Right. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong scale, um, you got to give that points for originality there. Uh, I think that might be the first sick and wrong story we've had, murder by acid. I think there's a name for that. You know, there's like names for specific murders. Like, Forms of murder. Like, de, you know, garrote when you put a wire set around somebody's throat or defenestrate. Strangulation or well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's a word for, you know, like throwing acid on somebody or, or just killing them with acid. I'm going to find that out toxic poisoning or something I, I don't know but i mean you got to get points for that and the fact i can understand if they had you know strangled the guy shot him in the head and they're decomposing the body to get rid of it to get rid of it but no they murdered no, him with, with the acid, acid. so uh, in that respect with that in mind that's why i'm going to have to give that a 9.5 i'm going to concur with the 9.5 I'm going to have to give that a 9.5. And we're probably going to get some follow-up details here when she Definitely. goes on trial. Yeah. But, yeah. That's a pretty good story there, uh, Wackerly. Um, I invite the listening audience to vote on that one, too. SickWrongPodcast.com. Well, here's my story for uh, Podcast 49. You know, it's, it's kind of difficult to follow up that. I kind of feel like, you know, it's you're kind of like Motorhead opening up for Wasp, you know, or like Ozzy opening yeah, up for that. Poison. It's kind of hard to follow that. But I think my story. You are the Wasp to my uh, To your my motorhead. motorhead. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But um, or like, you know, Iron Maiden opening up for Journey. Everyone takes off after Maiden's done. Yeah. But um. I think my story holds its own. All right, let's hear it. Also, another, not local, but another story that happened in California. This story actually occurred in uh, San Jose, which is only about 45 minutes south of uh, San Francisco. Right, that's where I worked at the wastewater treatment. So in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we have two um, hometown stories this time around. Date rape drug killed girl, please say. Probe alleges dad put dose in the sippy cup. Can already feel the sympathy button being pressed. Yeah. Sippy cup. So he likes them young, in other words. A San Jose father accused of killing his two-year-old daughter deliberately gave her a deadly dose of a date rape drug in her sippy cup, investigators said this past Wednesday. You know what, you know what I was thinking? Two-year-old daughter 
putting it in the sippy cup. That's not what the drug's intended for. No. GHB was created for the Lindsay Lohans of the world. Right. GHB was created for that stupid drunk sorority slut that's going to be unconscious and you're going to fuck her doggy style. You know, it's not made for a two, your two-year-old daughter. If you can keep her propped up on her knees while she's passed out. <laughs> but if you see a picture of this guy, he kind of looks like, uh, what, what's that dude's name that was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Janus? Uh, no, uh, Chow oh, Young Fat. Chow Young Fat. Chow right. Fat. The guy looks just like him. His name's Mean Poo Lee. Um, poisoned his daughter Skyla on Friday and attempted suicide with the same drug because he wanted to punish his mistress, the girl's mother, for trying to leave him. I thought maybe he like couldn't find a Tickle Me Elmo for Christmas and just didn't want her to have to deal with that disappointment. <laughs> He's just like, you know, I think he might, maybe he wanted to party with her or something. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, babies can't do GHB. No, it's a little too tough for them. You got to start them on something weaker. So get this, it was less than a week after he was bailed out of jail on a domestic violence charge against the girl's mother. He was still on probation for tearing apart her couch with scissors in another Rage episode, which I find kind of funny. Yeah, he's kind of escalating his rage rather quickly. Yeah, but what I kind of find kind of funny... <laughs> I bitch, I'm going to fuck your couch up. <laughs> bitch, I'm giving GHB to the baby. What I don't get about this, so when Asian people go into a rage, they reupholster your couch? <laughs> Is that what happens? I mean, according to this article, it's like, I understand if you're in a rage and you're like, you know, smash up her house, punch holes in the wall. This guy took a pair of scissors and cut up her couch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't Apparently know. they do. This is empirical evidence. <laughs> that is what happens. <laughs> so um, watch your furniture when you date Asian men, okay? Just don't anger them. Please say they have evidence that Lee, who is now almost fully recovered from his suicide attempt, is a GHB and ecstasy dealer selling the drugs in nightclubs around San Jose. That's funny because I was going to ask where a guy like that would get GHB. You know, just yeah. got out of jail, older guy with a kid. He doesn't probably hang he's around a, the normal GHB channels, which, it, like you said, are a college kid. But it says here he's 32 years old, so he's probably, you know, been in the drug scene in San Jose for well, a while. Well, he's a dealer. That makes sense. And he's sense. a dealer. So Lee's wife and mistress both told police, so he has a wife and he has a mistress, told police that uh, he kept the popular date rate drug GHB in his apartment and sold it on a regular basis. The 32-year-old was in jail um, jail hospital, which I imagine is worse than regular hospital, on yeah, Wednesday. So. He is expected to be charged um, today with murder. So, um, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, prosecuting attorney here said it's hard to imagine a more evil act. Police who have interviewed Lee believe he first tried to spike the little girl's bottle, mixing three times the amount adults use to get high in with her juice drink. But little Skyla wouldn't drink it. Then he put the straight liquid drug without any juice right into the sippy cup and forced her to drink it. Yeah, see, she's she's read the uh, rape manuals that say you should never drink an opened drink at the bar or anywhere. You should always ask for uh, the bottle with the cap or the bottle with the cap still on it, or uh, you know the unopened can, and you open it yourself. I think she was playing hard to get. <laughs> You know, actually, it's not funny, but it's it's horrible, dude. He like put it in a sippy cup. What does a sippy cup look like? Isn't that a little cup that you kind of, if you drop it on, you know, it, they then the water won't leak out of it. It's like you a know what baby a sippy cup. cup looks like. I don't use a sippy cup, obviously. But I don't no have one children. Like. It's a cup with the top, and it's got this little tiny hole. So yeah, the kid doesn't throw it all over the room. So that means the kid was just kind of hanging out, just drinking G the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's horrible. Lee could eventually face the death penalty for his alleged crime, marked by a note saying he was, quote unquote, taking her with me and, quote, she didn't suffer, according to a police report filed by Detective Sergeant Timothy Porter. But contrary to what Lee thought, Skyla did suffer. The little girl vomited blood, copious amounts of blood, authorities said, as her body tried to cope with this toxic drug, commonly known or commonly a mixture of degreasing solvent and drain cleaner that can make users feel drunk or hyper or cause them to pass out, which I find that kind of alarming. You know, I, I really have no idea what's in G, but I didn't know it was degreasing solvent and drain cleaner. Did you? Makes you kind of regret ever doing it. Yeah, have you ever done G? No. I, I've done G like... Yeah, you've on, done everything. I've done G on two separate occasions. And I've known, you know, a lot of... When I worked at the strip club, a lot of girls there did G. Because I think it put them into this, like, you know, stupor that they didn't care if, like, they were, like, you know, fat 40-year-old men fondling them and feeling their breasts. You know, as it's long just, as the money keeps rolling yeah, in. Yeah, as long as the money keeps rolling in and they're in this, like, you know, G stupor. But I I didn't know that it was degreasing solvent and drain cleaner. It's just I had this like this image of just some, you know, white trash piece of shit with like a pubic hair mustache, like mixing it up in his kitchen sink. You know, just oh, I'll put a little Clorox in here and a little, yeah, it's it's kind of scary. So GHB gained notoriety in the nineteen nineties when it became a drug of choice for sexual predators who used it to drug women into unconsciousness. When it is mixed with alcohol, it can cause unconsciousness and blackouts. So who took advantage of you when you tried it? Actually I, I did it with a with a girl who is also and she had like a like a fifth of vodka that was filled up with G. And so we were like doing sips of G and drinking beer. So I was just wasted. And I remember thinking, I was actually kind of alarmed by it because I was I was thinking I actually could lose control of my bodily functions. I could become incontinent on this drug very easily. So you weren't about to get any? No, dude. There was no way I was going to get any. I did get some when I when I like you know be, became sober the next morning. But I was just thinking at the time. I was like just so worried that I was going to shit her bed, and that would have just you know that would have caused such headaches. Yeah. It really would have. Like yeah. you know, back at the strip club, all the girls would have heard about you know. You know, D. Simon shit her bed, and it would, he can't All handle his bowels. G. But no, that, that's one drug that I, I really felt out of control. I really felt that, yeah, this is a drug that can make me incontinent. That's why I didn't have that much fun with it. So the girl's mother... What about Lee, the second time? <laughs> second time was a blast. The girl's mother, Lee's girlfriend of five years, came home Friday after Lee left her an ominous voicemail message. He warned she had better call him and that he had a quote-unquote surprise for her when she returned home. I imagine he punctuated that message with one of those like really evil laughs. Ha, 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 ha. Which made her even... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> which made her head home even quicker. Serena Garcia, the girl's mother, found her little girl foaming at the mouth Friday night in the downstairs apartment Lee shared with his wife. Oh, she found pleasant. Lee unconscious nearby. When she picked Skyla up and saw that she wasn't breathing, she began to scream. In the home, police found a green sippy cup lying next to the couch and a flowered baby bottle half filled with green liquid. Someone had written GHB on it. Might be me, but I think it was probably uh, Mean Poo Lee that wrote that. Mean you know, th this guy's not one for subtlety. No. Just writes G right on the bottle. So, um, yeah, to make a long story short, uh, he ended up imbibing a whole jar of GHB. He drank the rest of it, and he gave it to the girl. The girl ended up dying. He was in a coma for about three days. Yeah, point being, he weighs 20 times as much as she does. <laughs> I mean, this girl's like two years old. Right. So Lee's wife, Sonia, confirmed to police that he kept drugs around the home. 
uh, she and Serena Garcia were friends, so she was actually friends with a mistress who lived in adjacent apartment units, often spending holidays together. That's convenient for him. Yeah, he, he got to like go fuck his wife, then go upstairs, fuck his mistress. But uh, Lee had threatened to hurt the child many times before, and telling Skyla's mother he would hurt her in the worst possible way by poisoning the child with a drug. So I guess he had warned her that he was going to poison the kid with a drug. I guess he gave her clues, which um, apparently she didn't heed. Yeah, here's a clue. I'm going to poison the baby. <laughs> with the is drug that a, Is that enough of a clue for you? I don't know. Garcia told police she doubted he would ever follow through. Yeah. I, I she was proved wrong. I don't think she was much of a poker player. No. I don't know. So Lee had a, a recent history of domestic violence. Right now he's being held... Um, yeah, he's being held in jail with uh, out bond, and uh, he's going to be tried for murder. Yeah, I hope he knows some good kung fu. <laughs> yeah, because when he gets he's to prison, it. his ass is going to be grass. No, seriously, this guy is an evil, evil man. Yeah, but this is this is a, a perfect example of the type of guy who is immediately murdered in jail. Yeah, general population. I mean, it has to be. It's, I mean, that's the one thing. It's like prisoners. I mean, they they are you know just devious people. That are in jail, but they're not devoid of morality. Well, they a, lot have their have, own, a lot like, of them have kids, and they, you know, that's like their only reason for being anymore. Is like when their kids come in for visiting. So when they hear about a guy like this, that's in a pedophile cell, cell next door, or a pedophile, prison they, justice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this definitely seems like a case of prison justice, which I hope this guy gets. I seriously do, and I tend not to pass judgment on my articles. So on the sick and wrong scale, I don't know, man. This is going to rank high. I don't think it's as original. As um, killing someone with a vat of acid, because this, yeah, I mean, lots of people die from GHB all the time. But the fact that it was his own two-year-old two daughter, yeah, the fact that it was his own two-year-old daughter. Now, what could make the story worse? And I'm sure many, many members of the listening audience are like, yeah, well, if he fucked her, then it would be a nine point eight. Okay, he didn't. <laughs> Our have, listeners are so original. He didn't violate his daughter. Okay, so that's going to subtract a couple points. I'm going to give it a nine point four. I'm going to give it a nine point six. You're giving it over? You're rating this article over your article? Yeah, the, I got the sympathy button. I started pushing it early on. Well, let's uh, let's find out what the listening audience has to say about this. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the third article here for Sig and Wrong Podcast 49. Uh, this is the listener submission. We received many articles from uh, listeners, but uh, this this was the the uh, the best one that I that actually I've seen in a while. I think it's kind of a good one. Puppy gnaws off baby's toes. Please say this happened in uh, Bossier City, Louisiana. A puppy chewed off four of a baby girl's toes next to her sleeping parents, who were then booked on charges of child desertion and criminal negligence. Were they drunk? They had to have been. Mary Shannon Hanchi and Christopher Wayne Hanchi, 22 and 26, told police they woke up to the baby's cries, found her mangled foot, and took her to the hospital early Sunday. <laughs> Good for them. Police said that they were sleeping on a mattress and that the month-old girl was, an in, was in an infant seat beside them when the six-week-old pit bull just began chewing on her toes. They did not see the dog injuring the child. The puppy might have been trying to nurse on the toes of the baby, a veterinarian speculated. I know that sounds a little far-fetched, but that's the first thing that comes to uh, my mind, said the veterinarian. The girl underwent surgery in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, but there is no way to reattach her toes, which kind of sucks. So the girl's only six weeks old, and now she's going to have a mangled club foot for the rest of her life. Right. Yeah, because of this pit bull. Maybe they can put a fucking saddle on the dog, and she can just ride it around. So the puppy had no record of receiving shots and will be quarantined for 10 days while it's checked for rabies. They don't know what the animal's fate will be after that. 
Um, and also, her parents left her at the hospital, and they tracked them down, so now they're charging them with child desertion. So they just took their kid with a mangled foot and just kind of ditched her at the hospital. Well, they were hungover. They probably went to Denny's. Yeah. Child will be placed in a foster home until the case against her parents is settled. Nice. You know, I wonder, Wackerly, how many more child abuse or just, you know, child mangling cases you need from pit bulls? Till what? Till people stop getting these animals around small children. I understand if you want to have a pit bull, just don't have them around your baby. It'll never happen. People love those dogs because they make them feel tough. You know, you're kind of like an idiot, weakling, moron, and now you have this big, tough fucking dog, and you think you're the big man on, on well, not campus, because none of these people ever go to college. No. <laughs> not Maybe you're on the, uh, you know, trucking institute or something. But this story is reminiscent of a story that happened, that, uh, that I knew that happened to someone in Detroit. So, you, you remember Bob Madigan, that kind of wacky dude that used to come into the radio show. Right. Front so, man for the band Fluff Girl. Fluff Girl, yeah. Great band if, uh, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> great band if you don't mind seeing the lead singer naked on stage, rubbing, you know, Or wearing his, uh, all patented his... meat panties. Right. Yeah, he like, made panties out of raw meat. But anyways, uh, Bob Madigan threw a party one day, invited a friend of his, who's a forensic photographer in the Detroit metropolitan area, to come over and uh, hang out at the party. And his friend de- things up. His friend decided to do a slideshow. <laughs> Make all the women leave the party. <laughs> well, his friend decided to do a slideshow yeah. um, for all the people. The women at the had party. probably already left at that point. Yeah, I, there really were only about two. <laughs> that was my next point. There Bob's wife and a girl with a peg leg and a glass eye. Yeah, yeah there, there weren't too many comely glasses there. So anyway, uh, one of the. Um, I mean, he he had so many just really disturbing images, and I, I was enjoying it fervently, although many people left the room. But one in particular that I, I, I don't think I'll be able to ever erase the image completely is there is a family uh, that's like, I think, a, an infant daughter and like, yeah, parents that were like 25 years old. They lived in downtown Detroit. They found a pit bull, like a, they, they found a, a pit bull that stopped stray. the street, a stray pit bull, brought into their house. Ended up like leaving their kid alone with this pit bull while they went off to the bar to go drink. Smart. They came back and they found that the pit bull had completely devoured the child's head. <laughs> so the pit bull ate this two-year-old child's head. And so he had pictures of this infant with no head. And then the police cut the pit bull open. And you could, see, you could see you could see like a little nose. You could see like a little eye. You could see like little baby lips. I mean, it was kind of cute. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, you know, those are, you know, incorporable pieces inside of a dog's stomach. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was vile. In fact, actually, those images made everyone leave the room except for me and the girl with the uh, peg leg and the glass eye. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I love you. Love <laughs> it was that a, I'm feeling. <laughs> it's a very romantic moment. So on the sick and wrong scale, I guess the kid didn't die from this. You know, the kid's head wasn't eaten. But it did eat its toes. I'm going to have to give it at least a seven. Uh, I mean, he was deserted. Eight. I'll give it an eight. God, Wackerly. I don't, I don't understand why you're so kind. I've got the uh, child sympathy button going today. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Just jamming on it like when you're in the hospital and you have that little <laughs> morphine drip. You're, you're just, just jamming clicking on, on that sympathy button. All right, well, we invite the listening audience to vote, and you decide who wins, who has the most disturbing article here for Podcast 49. Uh, go check it out, sickwrongpodcast.com. Use our new voting system. You decide who it's gets not really the, new the case of beer. Yeah, well, I Bad still think it's quite new. quite a few podcasts. New and improved.
is now on sickradio.com. Well, we need to wrap up the podcast here. As usual, we tend to get to listener email towards the end of the podcast. And I'm just going to kind of blow through this because we're running out of time. So um, we got a, a, a great message here from Madeline. And uh, Madeline's a uh, frequent listener. She mentions that um, while listening to Podcast 46, I was at the gym running on the treadmill. I laughed so hard at the comments you made about me that I fell over. I was taken to the doctor's where I received six stitches to close the gash in my forehead. Warning, sick and wrong may cause gross disfiguration. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think people out That's there should heed the advice. I mean, yeah. I think this might be the first casualty I've heard from this show. I don't think any of the second round listeners should ever exercise ever. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Look I mean, what happens. Get a big when gash you... in your forehead. Right. She must look really hot now. <laughs> I don't she know. Looks, she's skinny at least. She mentions, uh, and D. Simon, I also have a friend who is 16 and a Jew. He thinks you're cute. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Madeline, and uh, tell your friend no thanks. <laughs> 16 years old, a Jew, and male. You'll just email her Just not my later. type. Not my type. We got another message here from AJ. He says, hey there, Nudicles, your number one Canadian fan here. He says, uh, gotta say that the best story by far this week is of uh, Dee's brother getting bitch slapped by the sixth graders. Which really wasn't an official story. No. You can't vote for that one. It was definitively wrong, but what could catapult it into sickness top ten range would be, did my brother enjoy it? Do you think my brother actually enjoyed getting beaten by a group of sixth graders? Well, the fact that he came and told you the story and bragged about it uh, after it happened makes me think that he did kind of enjoy it. Yeah, if he, he might was have. if he was disgraced and embarrassed, he wouldn't have told you about it. If it was if it was a bad experience, he wouldn't have told you about it. Yeah, that, that could be. So I don't know, AJ. Well, you know, we're gonna have to have him in podcast fifty, and we'll ask him. Right. So uh, Dan and Sophie here wrote in. Great to see you guys have got to nearly fifty podcasts, and the standard hasn't dropped. Uh, you guys might want to look into the new British serial killer. He's killing the prostitutes in the Ipswich area. Body count is at four at the moment, but he hasn't been caught, so there could be more. Keep it real, Dan and Sophie. Uh, thanks for sending that in, Dan and Sophie. I've actually been following that. That uh, new British serial killer definitely sounds like he might be one of the more prolific British serial killers. He's up there with the Yorkshire Ripper. Following in the footsteps of Jack, Jack. the Ripper. Well, Jack the Ripper the only Ripper! actually Jack the Ripper only murdered five. Whereas uh, the Yorkshire Ripper from 1975 to 1990 did like 10 or 12. Yeah, but Jack the Ripper gets points for being, you know, one of the Jack first the and having, st uh, you know, style points. Yeah, that's true. That about does it for uh, Podcast 49. Make sure you stay tuned uh, next week for uh, Podcast 50, the big, legendary Podcast 50. Also, um, if you get a chance, go to Podcast Alley, give us a vote. I think we have like something like 20, 22 votes or something. Which We're like in the top 100, dude. We're in the top 100. I think we have lots more listeners, though. I wish they all would vote. Yeah. So uh, go check out Podcast Now. We have a big button on the website. You can vote there. Also, T-shirts will be coming by the new year. We're going to have T-shirts and stickers available for everybody. And you got to check out the T-shirt design. I, I think it's going to be a winner. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, it's going to be a fashion item for 2007. Definitely. Well, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, happy Hanukkah to all you Jews out there. Till next week, take it sleazy. Goodbye. Hey!